I have the privilege of kind of trying to do stage setup here and introduce our uh, speaker for this morning. Um, Jamie is a great friend of mine. I met Jamie, sorry y'all, multitasking here. I met Jamie uh, back in what, 2016, was it? 2017? Something I was a student like pastor uh, at a local church and I was having a Thursday night uh, small group with my, with my guys and I'd wrapped up and all of a sudden this, this weird looking man comes from around the corner that I didn't know was at the church. And if y'all have ever been in a church at nighttime and somebody just pops up out of the blue, you're kind of scared. But uh, kind of scared me a little bit. And he was like, hey, I need, I need to know how to turn the, set the alarm. And, and so we ended up having probably about a 15, 20 minute conversation. And from that 15, 20 minute conversation, uh, God began to grow a friendship. And um, I do call Jamie uh, one of my friends. And I'm, I'm always reminded Jamie is, Jamie is truly the epitome of Proverbs 27, 17 in my life. Um, sharpening me, um, asking me the hard questions, telling me the hard truths, um, and, and really kind of putting things in perspective because he and I have, have shared a lot of, of some, some similar ministerial struggles, and um, I've um, had a lot of counsel over placing uh, uh, rub on ribs for him to smoke. He, he does great barbecue, by the way. He's got a very talented in that area. And so um, I've learned a lot from him uh, over the years, and I'm, I'm blessed to call him a friend, um, even though he is a Florida State Seminole. Um, uh, but that's okay, whatever. Uh, but, um, you know, that's what ACC stands for, is another Clemson championship. So anyway, anyway. You can uh, sit down now. <laughs> uh, but uh, thankful to uh, have him here this morning. Um, and he, he, uh, he leads a ministry called uh, Proactive Parenting Initiative and then also the ministry Men by Design as well. Um, and uh, it kind of COVID brought us together a little closer and, and all that. So I'm going to shut up now. Um, everybody, uh, welcome Jamie Murphy to the stage and um, glad to have him here. Good morning. I hope that y'all are having a great day. It is our honor to be here, and um, like Jimmy said, we, we've got a ministry called Proactive Parenting Initiative, and I'm the one that's going to be leading the parenting classes on Wednesday evening, and with our parenting program, we operate the only weekend Christian boot camp ministry in the Carolinas. Pops, you ready for that video? We're going to show you a video real quick about what we do, and then I'll, I'll speak after that. This weekend, we met five young people. They were having issues with respecting authority, respecting their parents. We had one that was outright physically rebellious. We tangled. We won. But everybody won. At the Proactive Parenting Initiative, our mission is to teach parents how to address unwanted behaviors being exhibited by their kids. We work with the most difficult of kids, kids that are actively involved in gang activity, um, sexually active, using drugs, and just being flat out defiant towards their parents. In our program, our version of discipline is called a T-spot. It stands for take everything away, short period of time, and basically what it is is a timeout on steroids. And we have figured out that the most important days to a teenager are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
So we've developed a weekend camp program up in North Carolina where a kid can come to our camp from Friday evening to Sunday afternoon and we teach them what it looks like if they go without their privileges. They come in and they have to sleep on a concrete floor in a sleeping bag. They eat food that isn't as tasty as the food that they get at home. They work. Manual labor, we have found out, is a great attitude adjuster. They hear from folks that have gone through similar experiences and, and had to live with the consequences of their bad decisions. And these folks come in and share their testimonies and, and share how Jesus Christ changed their life. And we also give them a clear presentation of the gospel. It, it's our goal to see heart change at our camp. This video that you're watching right now is our very first camp. We had five kids come through. Our goal for our weekend camp tea spot is to teach kids that they need to have a respect for God, a respect for authority, a respect for others, and respect for themselves. It is our belief that if a, if a young person is respectful, is hardworking, and can read and follow instructions, they can accomplish pretty much anything they want to in, here in America. What our greatest accomplishment for this particular weekend was seeing repentant hearts towards their parents. We, we also want to see um, these kids appreciate what their moms and dads do for them at home. And in the video, you see the, the kids hugging their moms and apologizing for their bad behavior. So this is our version of consequences. And if a parent needs some extra help and would be interested in our program, it's called Camp T-Spot. You can go to our website, www.proactiveparents.org, or give me a call at 864-320-4844. I'd love to tell you more about our program. It was terrible. You better be good if you, if you come back, it's gonna be terrible. If I come back, I'll be a volunteer. Hopefully that camper. <laughs> Probably the tree when we had to carry the logs. That was terrible because I had to pick all the big ones up. That young man's name is Hayden. That was our very first camp in 2017. He was 13 years old. And um, in the video, there was a big fat guy in the video, and he's a retired Marine. Any Marines in the house this morning? None. Okay. Um, huh? I'd talk about them if they was here. I'm in the, I was in the Navy. We love talking trash with Marines. Um, so the big fat guy is a retired Radio Recon Marine. Now, if you know anything about the Marine Corps, Radio Recon is one of their version of special forces, okay? And the kid decided to get into a fight with the Marine on Friday night, okay? The kid lost, okay? Um, basically, the Marine took him down like a pancake, okay? And four of my guys each grabbed an arm and a leg, and they picked him up, and they carried him out to his sleeping bag and laid him on his sleeping bag. Now, we're a Christian ministry, so one of my men wanted to do the Christian thing to do, and he walked up to the young man and said, Young man, may I pray for you? Isn't that, isn't that nice of him to do that? And the kid said this, No, you can't pray for me. I'm sick and tired of y'all trying to shove Jesus down my throat. Okay? 
If Jesus loved me as much as you say that he loved me, why was I born addicted to cocaine? That's a good question, isn't it? I want to commend y'all for what you're doing for P.S. I love you. I love their ministry. But it's a shame that we need foster parents in the state of South Carolina to take in children whose parents aren't caring for them. I went to a church one time and the pastor introduced me by saying, we know that all parents love, really love their children. And I stood up, I said, no, sir, all parents do not love their children. If parents truly love their children, we wouldn't have kids in foster care. We wouldn't have kids that are abandoned. We wouldn't have kids that are having needs. And this young man would not have been born addicted to cocaine. Now, when a child, 13-year-old kid, makes that kind of a statement, what should our response be? I'm going to pick on you, buddy. You're sitting on the front row. Oh, bless your heart. We're so sorry about your situation. No, this kid's 13 years old. He's bowing up in his mom and daddy's face, putting his fist in their face, saying, you don't tell me what to do. And that's why he's in our program. And that's why he's getting into a fight with a, with a grown man. And even though he lost, he still wanted to keep fighting. I go up to the, young, I, the guy that went up to pray for him. I said, Rusty, just, just, give him, just leave him alone. The next morning, in the video, there's a clip of me sitting there talking to the kid. I'm standing, the kid's sitting on the front porch of one of our cabins. And I go up to him and I said, I heard your little hissy fit last night. And I said, I, I want to ask you something. I said, I, I see you're mad at God. But I said, that woman, because see, you don't drop your kid off at our camp. The parents have to come to camp with the kid. See, we're not looking to... I, I can fix kids. I've been doing this a long time. Um, I celebrate 20 years of ministry this year. We, we can fix kids. Y'all want to know what our problem is? We got to send them back home to the same family that's raising them. And if we don't help the mom and the dad, we're wasting our time. So the parents have to come to camp with the kid. And I said, kid, let me tell you something. That woman up there in our big building that you call mama... I know something about you, son. She ain't your mama. And he got these big eyes looking at me. I said, this God that you're mad at, it looks to me like he reached down into your world and he rescued you because that woman in there that you call mama, she adopted you out of this mess that you were born into. And I said, have you ever thought about your situation from that perspective? He said, no, sir. I said, what if you did? He said, then I should be praising him. We didn't have any trouble with him the rest of the weekend. It's amazing what an attitude of gratitude will produce in a person. So because of... I know y'all don't have any kids like this at New Life, okay? And I, and I know y'all don't have kids like this in Boiling Springs, South Carolina. So if you know people in other communities that you think you should tell them about us, that's why I'm here today, okay? But those five kids that came to our very first camp, y'all want to know what's 
interesting about those five children? All five of those kids were church kids. I'd say over half of the kids that come through our program, guess what they are? Church kids. Because y'all know what happens? Not here, okay? Not here. But at every other church in South Carolina, people pull into the parking lot, and y'all know, husbands and wives, they've been fussing all the way to church. And they get into the parking lot, and as soon as the door of the car opens up, everybody's got a mask on. Everybody's friendly, everybody's nice. Hey brother, how are you? Hey sister, how are you? Praise the Lord, it's been a good weekend. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And we, we come to church, and this is, this is what just grips me. And me and Jimmy have had this conversation multiple times. I know y'all have a thriving children's ministry here. But 90% of the young people that grow up in Sunday school, children's church, youth group, 90% of them will walk out those doors after high school graduation and not come back for at least a decade. Unless they come to visit mama and daddy or grandma and grandpa Christmas and Easter. Those are the statistics that we're facing. And guess what we keep doing? We keep doing the same thing over and over and over. We keep doing it over and over. And I'm over here screaming at the top of my lungs. We need to start investing in parents for the parents to invest in their own kids rather than me investing in the kid. I don't want to be your kid's hero. Say amen, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. Everything done here at the church by the children's workers, the pastors, the youth pastors, everything done here is supposed to complement what mom and dad are doing at home. Amen, Jimmy. So, our passage of Scripture we're going to be in this morning. Oh, that was just the introduction. What time do we get out of here? I got 15 minutes. We're going to be in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It's a common verse. Most everybody in here probably can, probably can quote it. Okay? While y'all are turning there, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we need you this morning. We come to you in the name of Jesus, asking for your help. I pray that you give me the words to speak, and pray that you would draw your people to yourself this morning. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all look at what this verse says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Y'all know this verse? And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now I'm curious, are there any school teachers here this morning? We got some in the back, got some over here. All right, I, I'm not an English major, but I did learn the basics, okay? So when a command is spoken, all right, train up a child in the way he should go. Who is the understood subject of this verse? Whoever's being spoken to, right? You. So, King Solomon is writing this 
passage of Scripture, and he's saying, you train up your kids. But let's get real here for a minute. In 2023, a man and a woman hopefully are married. Somebody say amen to that. Somebody other than Jimmy. Okay? First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes somebody with a baby carriage. Y'all remember when our kids, when my generation sang that when we was little? Okay? See, you're supposed to get married, then have kids. Am I allowed to say that, Brother Scott? Huh? Huh? Okay? So, a lady gets pregnant in today's society, and she's going to give birth, and after she gives birth, she gets to stay home for how long? Six weeks. She gets six weeks of family leave, right? Then after that, that child is going where? Daycare or grandma's house. Did y'all know 50% of the grandparents in America are raising their grandkids? 50%. Okay? So this child goes to someone else. And who hears this child say their first words? The caretaker. Who sees this child take their first steps? Who's going to teach this child their ABCs and how to tie their shoe? The caretaker. Okay? So this, this child's going to grow up and, and for the first years of their life, mom and dad's giving them someone else, right? To do all this stuff. But then that kid gets to be 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and can have a halfway decent conversation with mom or dad. Right? And mom and dad want to impart some wisdom to that child. And what does the, the kid do? Talk to the hand, mom. Talk to the hand, dad. I've got all the answers to life. Your kids think you're an idiot because you ain't Google. I'm being serious. You watch them, they look like little zombies walking around staring at this thing. And they don't, they don't care about what we think. When they get to be in high school, they'll challenge you on your religion because there's so many other things they can learn online that challenge what you believe. And then when they get to college, the college professors chew them up and spit them out and they abandon your religion. But we want them to get the Vacation Bible School version of youth group so that it's just all cotton candy, feel-good Christianity, and they're not ready to stand on their own two feet when they're 17, 18, 19 years old. So we're supposed to be doing some training. Now, I'm curious. Uh, the big thing about our ministry is we, we see the lack of respect in society. Period. Just lack of respect. People don't respect nothing. We are just self-absorbed. I love this board up here. Um, it's kind of cool that it's up here. But I teach my kids at camp. S-I-N. What's that word? Sin. Self-ish 
ness. Do y'all get that? Selfishness. That's the epitome of the lack of respect in society right now. And the focus on Christianity is supposed to be what? Selflessness. Sin versus salinin. Y'all got that? So my challenge is to mom and dad, what am I training my kid to do? When I'm with my child, what's the focus? Hitting a baseball? Catching a football? Wearing orange and purple? What, what am I te- what's, what, when I'm with my kid, okay, and I ask my parents when they come to our parenting program, how much time do you spend with your kid on a daily basis? How much time do you get with them? I, w- I want you to chart your day from Sunday to Saturday and tell me how much time do you get with your child? Do you know that my good parents are lucky to get 30 minutes a day with their kids? 30 minutes a day. And 1 Peter 5, 8 is still in the Bible. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking what? Whom he may devour or destroy. And I'm supposed to be protecting my wife and my children. And how much time am I actually spending with them, pointing them to Jesus? Oh, that's the youth pastor's job. That's the Sunday school teacher's job. No. That verse says, me, I'm supposed to train them up. Train them up in the way they should go. So our focus, the training that we we challenge kids with, is have a respect for God. Shouldn't Shouldn't we respect the one that created us? Shouldn't we respect the one that is in control of everything, especially my my eternity. But if God wants me to respect Him, what does the devil want me to do? Complete opposite, right? To disrespect the Lord. Is there a lot of disrespect for the Lord in our culture today? Who's winning this battle? Respect for God. Respect for authority. Is there, is there a respect for authority today? I want to tell you something. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Okay? It, this just drives me nuts. My wife's laughing. She knows what I'm going to say. When a five-year-old kid walks up to me, I'm 51 years old, And says, hey, Jamie. Does that bother anybody? How about the pastor? Five-year-old kid walks up to your pastor. Hey, Scott, what's up? Does that bother anybody? Lack of respect. If I was a kid, or even as an adult, 
If I call my elder by their first name, if my daddy's around, I will get corrected. No amens on that one, huh? In our culture today, there is a general lack of respect. Yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Y'all looking at me like I got three eyeballs. I'm going to tell you something right now. In the fast food world, the most expensive restaurant in the fast food world does more business than all of the others. You want to know why? Their employees are respectful to the customers and they're the cleanest restaurant on the market. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And they're closed today. They'll do more business Monday through Saturday than McDonald's. And it's more than because their ice cream machine works. They train... Thank you. My pleasure. How, how does Chick-fil-A get these kids to do this? They train them. Oh, yeah. What, what does it mean to train? You educators, what does it mean to train? Okay. Any other? To teach? What else? To condition. Who said that? To condition. I like that. I'm, I'm going to give y'all redneck vernacular this morning. Y'all want to know what it means to teach? To make somebody do what they do not want to do. I, I didn't want to say yes ma'am, no ma'am when I was growing up. I didn't want to say yes sir, no sir. I hated the fact that when any time anybody gave me a Christmas present or a birthday present, do y'all know what my mama made me do? I, no, you don't just say thank you. you got to sit down and get a thank you note. And you have to write down, thank you for giving me the new t-shirt. Love, Jamie. I hated that. But y'all want to hear what happened to me because my mama made me write thank you notes? I'm the only two-time scholarship recipient by the South Carolina Baptist Foundation to, to receive their scholarship for two years in a row. I'm the only one to do that to one of our Baptist universities. Okay? After graduation, guess what I did? I sent them a thank you note. Four months later, five months later, after graduation, I was at the South Carolina Baptist Convention and I went up to the South Carolina Baptist Foundation table just to say hello to those folks. One of the guys there, he said, Jamie, um, have you heard about the grants that we give to ministries? I said, no, sir. Tell me about it. He told me about it. He told me where to get an application. I got the application. I filled it out. I called him up. I said, hey, man, I want to I turn in this application, but I want you to check it out to make sure that I've dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. He said, okay. So I met him in Columbia. 
took him to Cracker Barrel for lunch. I handed him my application. He took my application and he laid it down on the side. And we just sat and talked about nothing. After about 30 minutes, I said, Brother Cliff, are you going to look at that application? He said, no. I said, how come? He said, Jamie, do you know how, many, how much money we give away every year at the Baptist Foundation? I said, no, sir. He said, we give away thousands of dollars. He said, do you know how much money or how many times people send us a thank you note? I said, no, sir. He said, not very often. He said, son, whatever you applied for, whatever, however much money you're asking for, I promise you, you're going to get it. A couple months later, I was notified they were going to give me $9,000. And that's how, we, that's how we bought all of our power equipment, our chainsaws, our pole saws, um, a lot of our stuff that we got at camp, that's how we got started, that $9,000. The Baptist Foundation has invested close to $20,000 in me, my family, and our ministry, mainly because I said, thank you. And I'm not here to toot my own horn. I'm just here to tell you, in our culture today, there is a lack of manners. There's a lack of respect for authority. There's a lack of respect for others. How do you know that? Because I just got behind the idiot on the interstate on my way here today. Okay? Are there any big time truckers, big, big rig truckers in here? Good. Oh, we got one. All right. The Walmart guy was trying to pass the gas truck, except he wouldn't pass. He just sat there. Well, then he needs to stay in the right. Because he had 10 cars backed up behind him. And he didn't realize I was in a hurry to get in a new life this morning. Huh? <laughs> but, how do, but, but when stuff like that happens, how do people act? Mean. Hate. I'm preaching to myself, okay? Hateful. I've always wished I could have, if I had any superhero gift to be invisible, all right? With a pancake flipper on the front of my car, flip them people over into the median. There's a lack of respect for people today. Why is that? Say, say it louder. Caught from the parents. Because about 30 years ago, 35 years ago, we bought into the philosophy of building self-esteem rather than teaching our kids to be selfless. See, some of y'all had granny, and granny would say, you're getting a little bit too big for your britches. You, you getting a little too big, too, too much of yourself, and we got to address that. And how would Granny address that? Y'all know what? Y'all, y'all, y'all must, we must have some Florida folks in here. Y'all said get a switch. That's what we called it where I'm from is get a switch. But we moved to South Carolina back in 2007, and it's get a hickory, Okay. 
What's a hickory? My, my daddy would make me go get his belt. Anybody have to do that? Okay? Now, I ain't talking about abusing kids. I'm talking about spanking them on the rear end. Because they're too full of themselves. And now, now some of you teachers, back me up on this. Y'all know there's a shortage of teachers in America today? In South Carolina last year, we had a shortage of over 5,000. And now they're just getting any Tom, Dick, or Harry off the street. And if they're willing to go get, get a job, they'll hire them. So we, we got people who ain't got no business teaching becoming teachers. Why aren't the teachers wanting to teach? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I, I've heard the thing about the money. It ain't the money. They, they know what they're getting into. They know what they're going to get paid. But then they're disrespected all day long by a kid. And the kid, there's no one ever to put the kid in its place. So I'd, they get paid more money and, and get disrespected at Walmart. So there's a lack of respect for God, lack of respect for authority, lack of respect for others. And how about this one? A lack of self-respect. What you talking about? Go to Walmart. Just look at how people dress and act at Walmart. They ain't got no self-respect. And if you don't respect yourself, do you think you're going to respect other people? I don't care what you think about this. I don't care what you think about me. I can tell. And those people reproduce. They reproduce. And, and we, we've got a job to do. Take them the gospel. But I'm here to tell you something. Here, here's something that's, that's, that we need to chew on. Have y'all seen what's been going on at the college campuses all across the country? Isn't that exciting? That's very exciting. But I, I'm here to tell you that if there's no hunger to obey the Word of God, and this is just a pep rally, that's not a true revival. If God moves on people, He's going to call them to come to Him and obey Him. And what we're seeing in our culture is a lack of obedience to the Word of God. And that's why we have all these messes that we have. So it's my job to train up my kids in the way that they should go in these areas of respect so that when they're old, that's who I raised them to be. You see, when your kid's 20 years old, don't, don't come crying to the preacher, I took them to church. It doesn't say take them to church. It says to train them up. It's my job to train them. So when they're, when they're leaving after high school graduation, I know it doesn't happen here, okay? We're talking about every other church in town. When they're leaving, why are they leaving? It's because we didn't train them. And so I'm on a mission. 
I'm on a mission to challenge people. Let's step up. Let's be the parents that God's called us to be. Let's be the parents that we're told to be right here. In that video, when the kids were hugging their parent, who were they hugging? They're they're hugging their moms. Guess who wasn't there? There there weren't any dads there that, that particular weekend. Now, I have had dads come to camp, okay? But because of that, that's why we started this ministry, Men by Design. And we're on a mission to challenge men. Step up. Be the man God's called you to be. Be the leader that God's called you to be in your home, in your church, and here in this community. Because we need Christians to quit being apathetic and to walk out these doors and say, you know what, this is my town and I'm going to do something about it. We need Christian men to be the baseball coaches in every league in this town. And basketball coaches and scout leaders and and all that stuff. We don't need to be sitting on the sidelines complaining. We need to be out there doing something. We we complain about, well, they they keep having games on Wednesday night. Y'all want to know what would happen if we had a Christian coach on every team and the Christian coaches tell the director of the league, hey, buddy, we don't play on Wednesday night. Or you can schedule the game, we're just not going to show up. Do y'all know what would happen after after they did that one or two times? They wouldn't schedule games on Wednesday night. But we're, we're the ones that we just let people tell us what to do. You, you, you can't talk about Jesus in public. Really? Last time I checked, we got something called the Bill of Rights. Y'all ever heard of that? And I've got the freedom of speech. We just need to stand up and go do something. So in closing... I'm just here this morning to tell you about what we're trying to do. But at the same time, I'm here to ask you moms and dads, what are your goals for your kids? Are we just going through the motions? Or do we want to, do we want to raise warriors for Christ? Do we want the church to help us do what we're doing? Or are we expecting the church to do for us what we're supposed to be doing for ourselves? That's the invitation this morning. I'm going to pray. And I think the praise team's going to come up. And the altar's open. He'll come down this morning and pray for your family. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandkids. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for letting us be here this morning. I thank you for this church coming alongside of us trying to help parents be the best parents that they could possibly be. And we just pray, Lord, that you would just draw people to yourself this morning. Not that we're just going through the motions. But that there's some families here today, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we give this invitation to you in Jesus' name. Amen.